You are listening to the Big Finish podcast. In case you didn't know. Hello, Big Finish, Big Finish. We are the purveyors of fine audio drama and audiobooks. You probably know us for Doctor Who, but we do lots of other stuff like Torchwood, Blake Seven, Dark Shadows, Pathfinder, Legends, The Avengers, Survivors, The Omega Factor, The Adventures of Bernie Summerfield, Sherlock Holmes, The Prisoner, uh, Night of the Triffids, The Confessions of Dorian Gray, Treasure Island, Dracula, Frankenstein, Phantom of the Opera. It's very long, very long, isn't it? Starting to realise why I'm always so tired. <laughs> Terror Hawks, the Supreme Fire Files, the Marshall Chronicles, the Scarifies, much more. Take a look at bigfinish.com and see for yourself. Hello, I'm Nick Briggs. Well, did you know that? I don't know. And I'm joined by. Hello, I'm David Richardson, line producer person. Thank I was going to say, explain who you are, but you've done it already. David, you used to be in the podcast all the time. What happened? I'm always at the studio now because we're making so much. Do you know, sometimes, some days, we're re- doing three studio recordings on the same day. We can be here at most studios, we can be at sound house or audio sorcery it's uh, yeah it's busy nick it's busy so that's why i haven't been on the podcast i'm sorry i've missed it and i'm glad to be here oh, i've missed you as well yeah. david <laughs> yeah we uh, that's a bit much <laughs> uh what can you expect from this podcast uh, news emails from listeners our guest star interview with tom baker a round of release selected from the big finish archive then the latest releases no free drama this podcast uh, you know we have been having the hound of the baskervilles and one small step last time do you listen to those do you have a suggestion for what you'd like to hear in the podcast let us know uh, email us at podcast at bigfinish.com anyway um just to explain why my son ben briggs who's six years old isn't in the podcast well he is he's um he's just not here presenting it i decided i needed an adult this time david that's how i classify you is that right thank you very much i'll take that as a compliment but i can't necessarily agree with you (laughs) i I can hear many of you sighing with relief that there's not a child in the podcast this time if you remember i set him a challenge of listening to a big finish production last week he asked for a second doctor one with the cybermen because i reckon he'd heard it before anyway so we tried the early adventures the isos network uh here's what happened it didn't go well So, could you explain what it is we're going to do? Hello, I'm Ben, and I'm going to listen to the ISOS network. Okay, shall I start it? Ping, ping, yes! I am scared! Can you hear it alright? Yes, I'm hiding under a cushion, by the way. I thought that was the first part. Meanwhile, high up in orbit, the military scout ship Braxos had just completed its voyage from the planet Isos. But we still have that faint power source trace. And still too faint to pinpoint. Ah, They had been briefed to expect trouble on this planet, and they weren't afraid to face it. Dun, dun, dun! Find somewhere to put us down. 
Where's the main colony city? Other side of the planet, Captain. Very well. I think it's coming from just outside the city. That's coming from a Cyberman ship. Do you think the so? Doctor, Jamie and Zoe have mm -hmm. just arrived on the outskirts of an enormous, towering city. He pushed it into some of the thick slime and retracted it, examining it closely. Meanwhile, Jamie began to notice that there was more of the slime around them. He tapped the doctor's shoulder and pointed. Goodbye. I thought it was good so far. As those reactions tell you. But you did get a bit bored. Yeah. What That's would, right. What would make it less boring for you? Uh, um, hmm. I know what would make it more less boring. Um, it'd be if. If there was a DVD of it, they could make they could put a soundtrack onto pictures and then edit that. That would make it better quality. That would make the CD better quality. What if there were pictures? Yes. I mean, so I can just lie down, look in the air, and imagine what's happening in my mind. But when I can't figure some something. And so I can look at that and see what's happening in their part, in their story. Good idea? Hmm, they're not very encouraging. Okay, time now for the news. Kill Nick. Uh, Survivors Series 6 and 7 are coming soon. 2017 will see the release of two more box sets based on Terry Nation's classic post-apocalyptic drama. Tell us about it. David. Well, um, they're going to be a bit different next time. Um, all the box sets up until Series 5 have been really one continuing story. Each box set has told one overarching story. Um, we've decided for 6 and 7, actually, we're going to do individual one-hour episodes, just oh. to try something different. And uh, the writers have been pitching story ideas and it's really yeah there's lovely things really lovely stuff coming through we're going a bit later in the survivors story so i think we're heading into series three territory a bit and uh we're also going to do a few surprising things as well which i won't talk about but um <laughs> it's early days we've only got storylines at the minute mm. but um, it's going to be good that does sound but i can't wait to hear it because i do the music and i always have great fun doing that well i say great fun it's all quite depressing really all it's these it people die <laughs> That's what's so it's rewarding, that's what it is. Yeah, it's, it's what's so lovely about it is you're telling very, very adult and very... Th th there are no boundaries on Survivors, really. You can push it as far as... And often you, you really do want to push it because it's such a... Extreme such a, situation. It's such it? an extreme world, isn't it? I hope it's a world we, we never end up living in, but... Um, yeah... Mm, sober thoughts. Um, by the way, I'd like to apologise, or at least point out, that we recognise that there's strange laughter and stuff going on in the background. That's, in fact, probably Katie Manning, isn't it? It is Katie Manning, yes. <laughs> we're, today we're recording um, the second half of the next Third Doctor adventures with Tim and Katie and a full cast. So there's a full cast in the green room. You can hear clinking plates. It's lunchtime. It's lunchtime, yes. Yeah. We've finished our lunch and come in here to do this. Yeah. And just carrying on with a little bit more news about Survivors, both box sets can be pre-ordered today alongside November's Series 5. Series 1 to 4 is also available. Still available, obviously. Obviously. 
Anyway, a new Big Finish Android app is on the way, developed by Brandon Butler, creator of our fantastic iOS version. The new app will replace the old one, which has now been retired from the Android store after a recent OS update caused it to cease working. Our apologies to anyone waiting to listen, but stay tuned for more updates soon. And that's the end of the news. And now time for some emails from listeners, which that's your favourite bit, isn't it, David? It is. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to send an email into the podcast, uh, it's uh, unsurprisingly the address is podcast at bigfinish.com. Uh, this is from Ian McArdle. He says, Dear Nick and friends, I just wanted to drop you a line and say how much I enjoyed your recent interview with Katie Manning. As I was listening, I couldn't help but wonder if there's scope for an interview uh, in the style of Call Me Jacks or Tom Baker at 80. She certainly has plenty to say. We'll just invite her in. She'll carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a whole Australian section of her life that I'm not too familiar with. Well, maybe she'd like to keep that private. I don't so know. Let's go grab her. <laughs> yeah. No, don't. The podcast will never end. Uh, lovely, Katie. She listens to them as well. I mean dead trouble now uh, also while i'm at it i'd just like to congratulate you on jekyll and hyde oh we caught the show at the theater royal in windsor and had a great night the interplay between utterson and inspector newcomen was fantastic especially the unscripted collision of a kiss I'm going to be having words with those guys. Oh, I know what that is. Uh, I'm not sure how they both made it to the end of that scene, especially with the reaction from the large school party in the stalls. Oh, I was actually there when that happened. I'm heartily recommend. I should explain to anyone who doesn't know, I've written and directed an adaptation of um, Jekyll and Hyde, and uh, it's touring the UK at the moment. Uh, yeah, I was there when that happened. It wasn't a kiss. There's a point where a police inspector grabs this lawyer character and he grabs him really tight and brings him close to his face. And I think yeah. their noses just bounced off each other. A very different play entirely. Yeah. It? <laughs> yes, exactly. I'd hardly re recommend it to those who can make the tour and I'm looking forward to its audio adaptation in due course. So am I and I will be doing it. Also, mooching around downstairs, Looking at all the old photos before the show, in the theatre this is, we found snaps of both Mary Tam and Gareth Thomas on stage too. Have you ever been to the Theatre Royal Windsor? I haven't, but I, you know, I've been thinking about Mary a lot recently. Because I, I think we're approaching the third year, three years since her death. Wow. Um, mm. And yeah, she, I, 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 I don't know, I think about her an awful lot because she was so lovely. She was, wasn't she? She was a delightful human being. I had so many laughs with her, even before she worked with us a lot on Big yeah. Finish, actually. I'd known her over the years. Yeah, lovely lady. Oh, uh, keep up great work. Well, I was going to say, the, the, the Theatre Royal Windsor, um, there's loads of fantastic photographs of old actors in plays and it's you you could spend an hour walking around just really? looking and going oh my god that's so and so from you know well trevor and christopher on there i i'm i'm not a betting man but i'm almost willing to bet oh, that I'd they love, are I'd yeah love to see yeah definitely yeah. next email from steve ardron which sounds like the name of an interesting it's planet. It's a sci-fi name, isn't it? Yes. Steve Ardron, dear Big Finish. At the risk of conveying the same message, I don't know, the same as what, I should like to say how much I have liked the latest recent issue of The Avengers, Steed and Mrs. Peel. I've now listened to these countless times. I insist you count them, Stephen. I have previously bought the four volumes of the Lost episodes and I have enjoyed the gritty nature of these stories as well as the simplicity of the times that are reflected in the plot 
months. Uh, the new series with the introduction of Mrs Peel comes across as encapsulating a comic strip origin. I have also uh, enjoyed the lighter tone in the stories. I hope that you are able to keep up the good work with the series and I look forward to November when you issue the next round of episodes. I can recall the first time that I saw Julian Wadham, who plays Steed in our releases, in a television series. He was in an episode of Pie in the Sky, playing a bit of a cad. Mm. Do you remember Pie in the Sky? I do. I, I, do you know, I didn't see it, but I remember it was Richard Griffiths, wasn't it? Was, it was, yeah, yeah, playing a chef. Yeah. Did he investigate crimes as well, do you reckon? I would imagine so. <laughs> he found murdered people in his pies. In the sky. <laughs> Looking back now at that role, I can see why anyone might think that he would be a perfect fit for playing Steed. Anyone, anything you want to say about the Avengers, David? Oh, he's just lovely, isn't it? I'll yes. be lucky just being able to do it. Um, I don't know. We just have we just have fun doing it. So I, I think if people are enjoying the Steed and Mrs. Peel stuff, I think it's just because we're enjoying it too. Yes, enjoyment transmits through the audio medium. It does. Write that down, it's wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> and the actors are also committed to it on both of the Avengers strands, actually. But everybody just has a ball doing it. It's just like a little club coming back together every time. Brilliant. Um, next email from Nathan Gervais, who we've heard from many times. Welcome back, Nathan. Hello, Nick and the big finishers. Greetings from New Orleans, where it is the first official day of summer. Mm, two quick things. The Two Masters is absolutely brilliant. Easily one of my favourite main range releases from the past several years. I agree. Yes, me too. More Alex McQueen master stories, perhaps his own series of box sets. Please. Uh, second, I love having your son Ben as part of the podcast. If for no other reason, he's the only person who can say something that you have no quick or quippy reply for. Mm, that's true, actually. I mostly just laugh. Uh, top marks to Ben Briggs. Uh, the questions. Nick, have you directed more episodes of Tom Baker Doctor Who episodes than anyone else at this point? Than anybody else on audio? Yeah. Yes, you have. Yeah, I think so. It's all by design. By uh, fall. But yeah, yeah. I said, I want to direct them all, and if I can't make it, someone else can do it. Um, I don't mean just on audio. Oh, but television, who uh, as well? No. Well, possibly. I don't know, because they had lots of different directors on the TV series, so it's very possible you have directed more Tom, episodes. Yes. Well, it's some sort of medal, is you know, or... or a I cup. Also, I will certainly have produced more than anybody else. You will about God, it. goodness yeah. me, yeah. Uh, someone told me that we, we're about to exceed the total number of classic Doctor Who stories made on television. Someone who interviewed me the other day. Doesn't surprise me. Is, it, is that for our releases this year? <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably. Um, he says, if you have not, you have to be close. Well, I think we've worked out. I probably have. I think, anyway. Second question. As you read this, how far out have you recorded Tom Baker Fourth Doctor Adventures? Curiosity abounds. Um, we are now working on... We haven't announced them yet. Oh, I'll say anyway. We're now working on series... Nine, I think, aren't we? Got well, actually, we, we, we're recording series eight. Hang on, I'm sorry. We're recording some of series eight. We're finishing off series seven. We're writing series nine, and we're having thoughts about series ten. So, yeah, what we'll now series five is being released. Yeah. So you can see we're quite a long way ahead. And there's something else we're doing with Tom Doctor Who related. There are we can't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. 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 Um, as always, thanks for the outstanding work, you, David, Alan, Dorney, 
Dorney doesn't get Dorney. a first name check. John Dorney, Dorney, Joe, Ian, Sue, Ken, and all the other talented people who work for Big Finish Achieve on a regular basis. It is greatly appreciated. Oh, well, thank you, Nathan. That's a lovely email. That is all for the emails in this podcast. I want more. <laughs> well, you can't have them. Time now to go over to me again. <laughs> talking, it's me, 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 me. Uh, talking to Tom Baker just a couple of weeks ago, actually. Oh, you did a podcast with Tom, did you? I did, yeah, in the lunch break. Hello, Tom. I am Nick. I am. I'm always here. Welcome to the Big Finish Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Um, now, there are two questions I normally ask people in these podcasts, and one of them is about uh, listening to Big Finish, but I rather think that you don't listen to them, or do you? Well, I don't... I have occasionally listened uh, to sections I'm not in, and I admire them a lot, but I don't usually want to confess, but as I'm now near to death, I feel I should make some confessions, <laughs> which is that, frankly, I can't stand the sight of myself <laughs> or the sound of myself. And so I never want to hear that as long as you're pleased. And so when you're a please, or especially David, who is um, my contact here, dear David, if he's pleased, I'm ecstatically happy. Um, and anyway, I'm not really, I'm not particularly... Um, qualified to, you know, take a script apart or performances. Uh, I'm hopelessly biased, of course, because as I've often said to David, I've never been happier in my life in a, in a, in a long-term job. And to be working at Big Finish, I don't have to say this, but I will say it, uh, I'm perfectly happy, marvellously happy here. It's, it's not too far for me to come. And I love the scripts and, of course, love the actors. And uh, we have one good time here. So you're never tempted to listen to see how it all turns out? Because what's confused me is that occasionally you've said, oh, it's incredible what you do with the sound effects and music. So I thought, oh, he has listened to something. Yes, I have. I have listened to some 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 bits. And, and I do admire that because it's so detailed. Um but I don't. I don't listen to you know to my performance really. It doesn't give me much pleasure. What What is that? What's that about that you don't like uh, listening to yourself? Or? Well, I don't know. I suppose it, it's a it's a kind of uncertainty. And and sometimes because I'm uh, often do commercials and I've done you know quite a lot of voice work and people often uh, on my website say say nice things about the work I do. And it's a terrible thing, you know, to when people say they like the way you do a certain thing. Yeah. It can make an actor, it's a, this actor anyway, terribly self-conscious. And whenever a similar situation comes up, you think, ah, am I just doing that regular number, you know? Right. I, I, right what I like yeah. is this kind of the hurly-burly of this and, and, and your fast notes and our fast responses and, and, and the fun of being with actors and telling the story. Hmm. So my other question is about entertainment generally. What um, is entertaining you at the moment, you know, on television or a book or anything you've seen, or something that's entertained you? Uh, no, uh, I, don't, I, don't watch, uh, I don't watch television, scarcely anything on television. It's something that I talk to chums about my age. And I know I'm, I don't watch very much on television. Uh, occasionally I have watched an old film or something like that, but very rarely. I've lost interest in uh, in sport as well, uh, but now I find myself 
going to bed pretty early, and uh, I've got a dog, you know, which keeps me active, and so I'm I'm rather tired by uh, six o'clock at night. So after my early supper, I go to bed with uh, with my favourite books. I, I reread. I'm now rereading writers or. Uh, sometimes rereading and toying all the time with doing a little recording of some Shakespeare sonnets and then finding uh, I either don't understand them or if I do understand them, people wouldn't like what I understood in them. Um, <laughs> so that's what I do. I lead a very quiet life in a very idyllic place. Uh, twice a week I go to London to do voiceovers and every few weeks I'm here in Wadhurst with you boys having a happy time. Is it as regular as that, doing voiceover? Twice a week. Oh yes, I mean, I think uh, I think last week, well, yes, day before yesterday, I did I did, um, I did um, six scripts for a Dutch firm. Yeah, um, yes, I, I am quite in demand um, for certain things. Yes, uh, yeah, and I'm glad about it. I like doing voiceovers. I don't listen to them either. <laughs> Going back to the entertainment thing, you never ever tempted to watch television if someone says to you, oh, there's this really good thing on, Tom. Are you, do you ever... I mean, you have a television, I presume. I oh, know, we've got several televisions and we've got uh, nearly a cinema room in my house, yes. But, uh, and I have a very informed and energetic wife. And so uh, she tells me everything's on television and I talk about it in the pub afterwards and say how I enjoyed it. Because people are a bit alarmed if you say you never watch television. But I hear about it. And I, curious enough, I read reviews. I read a lot of newspapers, um, really a lot of newspapers. And, uh, and I read reviews of, uh, of what's on television. Um, and I enjoy that. But actually seeing them, no, I don't think I... It's, you know, I, I'd rather get back to old books and old stories, really. <laughs> You know, this business of uh, coming back to Doctor Who and having such a fun time doing it, is it in any way, has that been a surprise to you? Um, Yes, it it was a surprise to me when we came back and and this boomed along. Because, of course, when I say I've been been doing Doctor Who, I I never really did anything else except Doctor Who. (laughs) I mean, when I played Macbeth, I remember um, afterwards one of the... um, Critics saying, we saw Tom Baker as Macbeth last night. Amazing performance, absolutely amazing. I had no idea Macbeth was such a charming man. Um, so that was the origin of my, of my Doctor Who, really. Uh, you see, I was brought up very religiously. Therefore, by that I mean steeped in nonsense. Uh, steeped in miracles and madness and walking on water and, uh, and running fish uh, do's on beaches and things like that. Uh, and so I was brought up to believe the impossible, uh, to accept it and act on it. Um, and so when I got Doctor Who, I fell back on all that thing. I don't find anything preposterous as I'm working as an actor. Mm. I very rarely say to you, this is preposterous. Of course it's preposterous. Actually, I think life is preposterous. But um, um, I was all geared up for it, for the fantastical, for the unbelievable, and for the absence of science or physics or indeed common sense. And the beautiful thing about Doctor Who, Doctor Who is a kind of fantasy, isn't it? It's a dream world. There is no no acknowledgement of any kind of physics at all. It's played with conviction, and we believe that we're dematerializing and rematerializing in another galaxy, thousands of years ahead, if you want. It's right up my street. And uh, in other words, uh, yeah, I was born for this kind of madness. The the preposterous... 
monotonous thing. I, I often use that since you first that said that to me about, I think the first script we sent you, you said, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's nice and pres- preposterous. Well, yes, it is. <laughs> Which, I, mean, that, I mean, that's why I reread the Bible so regularly, because it's utterly <laughs> preposterous, isn't it? Uh, the only the, the thing I wanted to find out about was that, you know, um, given how much, you know, the preposterousness of Doctor Who appealed to your fundamental programming, as it were, you know, you stopped doing it a long time ago. And it was a long, long time before you came back to it. So I'm just interested in, you know. Well, it's not true that I that I stopped doing it. You see, because the the film that uh, some film work um, and some television since, but everything I was offered afterwards was because of my success in Doctor Who. So producers yeah. and directors would ask me to do uh, things, and so naturally, the only, in the early days, particularly after uh, after 1974, uh, whenever I was in a play. Um, uh, lots and lots of Americans and and British fans used to pile in to see the play. So if I was doing an Inspector Calls, you know, which is a kind of sermon, isn't it, really? Mm. Or Macbeth, you know, which uh, I just wanted to look on the bright side. Um, <laughs> because the audience in there were actually wanting me to be um, Doctor Who, because that's all they knew. They were curious to see Doctor Who as Macbeth. And so while I didn't dare produce a sonic screwdriver in the murder scene. Um, <laughs> you attempted at all. <laughs> I, I, I still uh, did certain, uh, you know, je- I didn't wink either, but uh, I did do double takes in the car and also walked in a certain kind of way, which caused great hilarity. <laughs> uh, they didn't care I was bad. They just wanted to see me, really. Uh, and that's how it happened. Everywhere I went doing things, I had to do it. I've only really got one style, and that is this kind of... Uh, uh, finding life uh, a little bit baffling and uh, pretending that I understand it, really. I have spent all my life working strenuously to hide the fact that I don't quite understand what's going on. Uh, fortunately, I have a wife who tells me what's going on and gets me to the station on time. Um, but that's how I am, really. And, uh, and it's not going to change. I'm too old to change now. You know, I've been, I've been... A, th- a, th- a thousand months is a good, a good long lifetime. I've passed that, uh, and that's four thousand weeks. That's twenty nine thousand two hundred days. That's two and a quarter billion heartbeats. So I'm not going to change my ways now. Too late. That's quite, <laughs> that's quite a calculation. Well, yes. Uh, when it comes to death, I'm a bit calculating. <laughs> we don't want you to change. No, no, I, you don't. All we, right. We don't want you to change. All right. I tell you what, though, it's lunchtime. Ah. Uh, Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll just think of some way of distorting the next story. <laughs> Hey-ho. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Nick. And thanks very much to Tom Baker, who we love working with Tom, don't we? Yeah, that... I mean, we love working with everybody. Just Tom really goes out of his way to say how much he likes us as well and just he's so kind to us and warm to us and after every recording he emails me to say what a lovely time he's had you know that first moment in the morning where you walk in the room and he sees you walk in and the smile on his face as he sees you it's just there's just such warmth there isn't there that it's I you know I'd never thought we'd get to have this with him actually it's incredible isn't it yeah um you won't have heard the interview, but he particularly mentions you in the interview. 
Ooh. didn't say anything nice about me <laughs> I listen to the podcast <laughs> yeah he does oh he's stupid yes uh well anyway there you are those are our thoughts on tom baker now time for a random release from the big finish archive activating the randomoid selectatron and it's the rocket men David. It's like that bit in Mop the Week where they spin the wheel and they it's have to talk about something. Do I need to stand on a podium and be funny? Yes, please. Okay, I'm not going to be. Do <laughs> uh, yeah, you know The Rocket Men, more than any other title, is if I'm sort of sitting on my own for a weekend and I haven't got an edit to listen to. <laughs> when did that last happen? Um, well, in the days when that used to happen, um, The Rocket Men was always the one I listened to more than any other. Uh, because I think it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's a John Dorney script. Of course, it's beautiful. Um, but Dorney, not John Dorney. So it's yeah. Dorney script, um, performed by William Russell, and it's a really beautiful reading by him. And Howard Carter's sound design and music are just so majestic. I don't know what to call it, but That's it's a just good word. I just don't think I've ever heard you use that. It word. just transports you. The whole thing transports you, and it brings a tear to my eye every time. And it's beautifully beautifully structured um, I, I just love everything about it so if there's if ever I just want an hour where I want to be transported the rocket men just takes me away that's good um, of course the rocket men came back quite a lot didn't they they feature all over the place well they did you know me I'm <laughs> I'm always one to flog a good idea to death <laughs> so yeah we, we did we then because we I'd loved it so much I then championed the idea of doing a sequel but John was too busy to write it, so... Dorney. Dorney was too busy to write it, so uh, Matt Fitton wrote uh, Return of the Rocket Men, and then we did Requiem for the Rocket Men for the Fourth Doctor range, and they've just been back in the Two Masters as well, so it's uh, they've, they've been in four stories now, and I'd love to use them again, actually. I mean, it's just... Even though we're audio, it's just such a wonderful image, isn't it? These These villains flying around with these jetpacks on their back it's great it's so retro and beautiful it is is so retro and it fitted so beautifully with just that first initial first doctor story that it you know we we then took them into into the color era with the fourth doctor as well it's just rocket men in color in color and you heard it here first a suggestion that the rocket men may return Mm. anyway here's a trailer in a musical (laughs) with the scorchies (laughs) yes Um, that's another a whole other thing um anyway here's the trailer for the first rocket men story funnily enough called the rocket men when do you know when do you know for certain what's happening i don't know we seem to be under attack i saw little pinpricks of light stream away from the ship a dozen or more i know what i've got to do I say to Barbara insistently. She struggles with me, trying to stop me. I protest loudly. We don't have the time for this! I gestured out towards the spaceship. What's that? He looked. His mouth dropped openly, almost comically. I... I've no idea. I see her! She's there, ahead of me, falling, body flailing in the wind, plummeting. And then... One of the light streams flew onto the deck. Oh, oh, you! You have the luck of the gods! It was now clearly human. A man dressed entirely in brown leather, 
with a large rocket pack blazing fire on his back and a crested helmet strapped to his head. You could have won this fight easily if you'd just been willing to kill me. What are you talking about? There's an easy way to defeat each other here. And there you have it. Just time now in our slightly shorter podcast to tell you about the latest releases. Uh, Unit Shutdown is our second box set focusing on Kate Stewart and the Unified Intelligence Task Force. Earth is under attack from alien ninjas. Uh, How do you pronounce that? Ninjas, eh? (laughs) (laughs) What, the Tengo Bushi? Thank you. Uh, But what has brought them to our planet? Featuring Ingrid Oliver as Petronella Osgood, Warren Brown as Sam Bishop, James Joyce as Josh Carter, and Alice Krieger as Felicity Lyme. Boo, hiss, etc. It says in brackets here because because Joe Smith has written this for me to read. Um, Right, so yes, let's have some insights from you on that, David. Well, I, actually, I, it was lovely because we recorded it ages ago and then I sat down to listen to the final edit, having not forgotten about it all the time in between. And I really loved it. It was four hours of just audio bliss. So, yes, it's it's um, we decided to do something a bit different for the second unit box set. So we didn't go with a familiar enemy. We created our own. So uh, the Tengabushi are fast as lightning and have these wonderful uh, energy discs that they shoot people with. Ooh. Yeah, I was about to do all the sound effects then. It would have been really pathetic. <laughs> it would have been me going... Yeah, you like just that. did one. Well, I just did one. Um, <laughs> it was, it was, that wasn't pathetic, it was brilliant. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a, a lovely, fast-moving, um, big new series story. And uh, yes. And it's, it's out now, I presume. Well, it's not, it's not out now. It's coming out at the end of June. Is it? Okay. Yes. It so was, it's, it's a quite an epic in post-production. So uh, it, uh, it was a big, big job for Howard Carter, and he's done wonderful work on it. So it won't even be out in the week of the... Sw- yeah, it will be out next week, in the week of the 27th, then, won't it, when this podcast is going out? Oh, yeah. Are yeah. we in June? Yeah, I'm afraid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> David's actually somewhere in September at the moment. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions... Unit shut down. Hello? You still there? What was it that attacked you, did you see? Not properly. But I'm pretty sure those things weren't human, they were strong. And they moved so quickly. Why are you here? There is something on this planet that does not belong to you. It is Kamishi, and we have come to reclaim it. I'm sorry, Miss Lyon, but this work is extremely sensitive and highly confidential. On whose authority are you here? Oh, the very highest. Her Majesty's government itself. Osgood! Josh! Josh! Stand back! I'm going to lower a line! What is happening here? We are hunting the human warriors. Swordfish 3. Never thought I'd get to use one of these mini-subs. Let's open her up, see what she can do. All right, everyone, they're coming on this side. There! Josh, are you sure you can fly this thing? Really, Oscar? It's like you've forgotten who you're here with. Big Finish. We love stories. Osgood? Okay, Dark Shadows, Blood and Fire, a star-studded 50th anniversary adventure for the classic horror soap opera. 
very exciting written by Roy Gill and featuring a fantastic music score by Robert Cobert and David Darlington big finish minion Joe Smith thinks this makes a great jumping on point and can be enjoyed by those new to Dark Shadows just as much as long term fans 50 years ago the legend that is Dark Shadows began a young woman on a train traveling to the mysterious town of Collinsport Victoria Winters a governess employed by the Collins family soon became embroiled in their secrets and lies. And then, the vampire Barnabas Collins arrived, and Victoria Winters found herself traveling back through time to the year 1795. Cursed by the witch Angelique, he had been sentenced to an immortal life of darkness. And now Angelique is herself traveling back through the years. Oh, so long ago. I really have returned to the beginnings of things. Her mission? To destroy the Collins family once and for all. To destroy the legend. Fifty years of secrets and lies. Of love and shadows. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Dark Shadows. Blood and Fire. Also out, Dark Shadows, Echoes of the Past, a second celebratory release featuring four new half-hour stories performed by Dark Shadows stars, featuring new adventures for the witch hunter, Reverend Trask, the werewolf Quentin Collins, the humble Maggie Evans, and the witch Angelique. This new collection is a must-have for any lover of Collinspot. Dark Shadows, Echoes of the Past. Are you the Reverend Trask? The boy asked with a look of apprehension on his face. I am, Trask responded with as much dignity and pomposity as he could muster, which in his case was considerable. What can I do for you, my son? I have been sent, sir, by the family neighboring our farm, who asked that you come at once. You see, sir, they fear that their daughter has been possessed by the devil. I watched him head for the door, the film can under his arm. I thought about running after him. For a brief moment, I considered chasing him down the street, but then I sat back and breathed out. Now then, just time to tell you what's happening in next week's podcast. Are you interested? Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> Literally falling off it. Uh, and next week's podcast interview is with vocal impressionist actor and self-confessed Doctor Who fan, John Culshaw. But that's it for now. Uh, any final words, David? It's been lovely being here. Thank you for making me part of your world. <coughs> Bye then. Torchwood. Outside the government, beyond the police. Tracking down alien life on Earth, arming the human race against the future. The 21st century is when everything changes and... and... And I should have been ready. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Torchwood. Moving target. Name? Susie Costello. You shouldn't be active. What do you mean? All non-target residents of the hunting ground are to be temporarily frozen, both for their own safety and the discretion of those taking part in the hunt. Uh, what hunt? This area has been selected by Bronk Bluff Safaris Limited as a temporary hunting ground. <laughs> Get down! 
Welcome to the world of Torchwood. 